I think we are trying to please everyone. And in, in, when we are trying to please everyone, it's what we call in Swedish, Swedish it's mellanmjölk. <laughs> so and we, doesn't, we don't change anything. When we create new areas, it's basically not that much better than the last one we made. Um, it's, it's basically the same. We maybe make small changes, make it a little bit better, but not the big changes. Thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica podcast. I am Mustafa Sharif, an urban planner, and you're more than welcome to join my big journey of exploring the making of smarter and more livable cities. Don't forget to follow Instagram account to see the stories behind the scenes and also subscribe the YouTube channel to see the live talks. Let's get in touch on LinkedIn. Share your reflections with us with Urbanistica community. Recommend the podcast to people you think are interested in Urbanistica topics. Are you ready for a new episode? Let's go for it. Today we have one more new story from H22, the making of Smarter City in Helsingborg, Sweden. I have the pleasure to welcome Lisa Olson to Urbanistica podcast. Hey, and welcome. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. My pleasure. So how are you doing, Lisa? I'm doing just fine. Uh, it's, it's Friday, uh, preparing for a bit of Halloween celebrating today. So everything is just fine. Nice. And uh, yeah, I see you're working from home as well, right? Yeah, it, actually, I most often don't work from home, but today it's the autumn break for my kids. So that's why I'm home today. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a good, it's a good reason to be at home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lisa, you are our storyteller. The microphone is yours. The stage is yours. How would you like to introduce yourself? And please tell us what are you passionate about? Oh, uh, what should I say? I'm Lisa Olson, as you said. I live outside of the city in a small fishing village that's called Rå. I live here with my husband and two kids. Um, we'd say that I'm passionate about at least two things, probably much more. But <laughs> at least. At least two things. And one is to uh, solve problems, I would say. And, and the other thing, uh, everyone that knows me knows that I'm also passionate about football. Cool. So which uh, team do you support? Uh, I support, of course, my local team where I'm a coach. Uh, and my husband is also a coach. It's Rua EF. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and uh, on a more international level, it's uh, unfortunately today because we lost yesterday. It's Tottenham. Oh, yeah. You're you're playing on the Europa League. Yeah, didn't okay. go so well, you could say. Yeah, but let's cross finger for the next uh, yeah match. <laughs> well, Lisa, what are you working with now at Helsingborg Municipality? I'm working as head of innovation in the municipality, uh, and that means that I'm trying to help the city to develop uh, the right structure and culture and capabilities to be to be successful in their innovation work that's yeah. the, that's the short version at least yeah. 
and soon we'll, we will talk more about the, the long version and the details. Before we start, I would love to ask you, how do you define innovation? Innovation uh, is new uh, and, and better ways of uh, meeting needs, I would say. Uh, it's about trying things that we haven't tried before. Um, and that means also that we don't know if it creates value until we have tried it. Uh, and it is an innovation when it creates value. How big is your team now and uh, at the municipality and uh, what are exactly the tasks that you're working on or the project? Um, I would say that the team is the whole, whole city and its companies. Wow. <laughs> I would say that uh, everyone now is uh, transforming into an organization that works with innovation. Um, we haven't done that yet before in that way, and, and now we are transforming into an organization that really contains innovation work as well. Uh, but if you refer to my team, uh, so to speak, um, then we are about 30 people sitting at HBG Works. That is a meeting place. It's an innovation hub and accelerator for the municipality where the rest of the city can come and develop their ideas, test their ideas, and if they work, then you get the help to scale it as well. Mm. And this innovation work and organization, is it just started because of the H22 project or before? It started before. Uh, it started a couple of years ago. Uh, where we did it in uh, a much smaller way. Uh, we started something that's called Ideaslussen, um, that helps everyone that had an ID to be able to try that ID, but it was in a much smaller scale than it is today. So H22 has really helped that journey. So this is, I mean, the whole, um, um, city as a platform, uh, H22 as a city event in, in a couple of years is one side of the coin and uh, and the work to develop more innovation processes and, and structures internally is the other side of the coin, you could say, and yeah. both are needed. Mm. So H22 project is a, is a great push for innovation. Yeah, it, it's a part of the project, I would say. Mm. It's a necessity yeah, for, the, for the project. Yeah. What kind of governance do we need in order to, to create a smart city in the, in the short term and in, in the long term? I think it's a matter of changing mindset, I would say, um, to go from having long-term planning and strategies uh, to, to more of a mentality that says dare, test, act, and to create those structures where that is possible. Uh, so it's it's a whole shift, <laughs> I would say. And, and it's, maybe it sounds easy, but, it, but it's not. It, it requires a lot of work, and, and, and that's the journey we're on. Tell me, how do you do that? How do you change the mindset in, in these long years? Many people listening and would love to get inspired by by the journey you made in Helsingborg. So how can we change the mindset? I think, first of all, um, everyone needs to understand why we, we work with innovation, why it's important to work with innovation. Uh, and 
And that, I think that's crucial for everyone to understand. And that both uh, the employees of the city, but also the citizens. Uh, why do we do this? What is it? Um, and, and the whole reason and the background for it is that we radically need to change the way that we work, our own processes, and also the um, uh, offer that we have to our citizens. We radically need to change those processes in some areas to be able to handle the future. Uh, and in some areas, we just need to take smaller steps. And in some areas, we need to take those radical steps. And the way to do that is to work with innovation. Because if we do things exactly the way that we do them today, uh, the economy won't work in just a couple of years. Um, so that's the first one. And, and when we all realize why this is so important, then we need to see how do we do this? How do we create a structure? And, uh, and some, we have kind of looked into it truly deeply and see the, the most successful organizations around the world, what have they done to be successful in innovation? And, and some of those things are the same. Uh, one thing is that they aim really high uh, they push up clear goals and aim really high. One thing is that they have freed resources and money to kind of earmarked money to, to uh, set up to innovation work. And, and one thing, and maybe the most important one, is to work with the culture aspects of it, uh, to change people's mindset. It, it's about having more courage, uh, have the courage to test things. It's also to be more humble, I would say. Uh, if you are a leader, maybe you're not the best person to really, truly challenge the way that you work. Uh, so you need to be humble and maybe take a step back and also be humble that if you try something out, then if it doesn't work, you need to quit doing that. Uh, when it comes to innovation, we need to, we need to try maybe hundreds of things and it's perhaps only 10% of them that will truly create value. And that means we need to stop doing the other 90%. Uh, and then the culture also needs to be a truly collaborative culture where we realize that we need we need to collaborate with the rest of the world and with our citizens, with uh, the private sector, with the academia and so on, if we're going to solve our problems. We can't do it alone. Um, and then we also need to see uh, the structures that we have when it comes to take decisions. Uh, when you work with innovation, you can't have really long pre-studies and steering committees that take decision once in a quarter or something like that. We need to have structures where the ones that are driving the innovation can take the decisions themselves. And uh, the last one is that we need to have kind of a good ecosystem for innovation where you can come, have an ID, elaborate on that ID, go further and test that ID in, in, a, in a small setting so we don't waste uh, so much money, but we need to try it for real and really truly challenge if it's creating value or not and measure that. And if it creates value, then we need to have structures so we can scale it because it's, it's basically the second time you use something that you can truly call it an innovation. Yeah, well, really, really Honestly. great, yeah. <laughs> really great points and my first question gonna be or I, that i have in mind uh, were people open when you start this on innovation journey 
or they'd be like, oh, this is not going to work. How was the reaction? Of course, there are different kinds of reaction, but overall, I think uh, it's a very, it's an organization that is uh, truly leaning forward, so to speak. Um, we have a mentality in the city that's to, to dare and test and act. And I think that's quite broad in the organization. I have only been in the city for one year, so I'm, um, I'm surprised uh, how leaned forward everyone is and open to change. I've been in the private sector for many years and um, it's been positive so far, really. Yeah, it's, it's great to hear. And, and you mentioned that you work with uh, different uh, stakeholders, the citizens, the businesses, the academia. How, how do you manage that and how do you synchronize all these groups? Like, do you have an aim for each target? I think we are on that journey at the moment. And H22 is a fantastic platform for that collaboration. Uh, the politicians uh, in the city, they have pointed out some focus areas. Uh, they want to see a faster integration. They want to see a, an improved quality of life. They want to see improved uh, safety in the city. And of course, we gather around those focus areas, but there are also other areas where we can collaborate. And at the moment now, we are looking into and actually explicitly put out those challenges uh, so that everyone can gather around them. Um, so that's actually the big thing right now to, to work with that question. Yeah. And how do you involve uh, the citizen of Helsingborg in this innovation journey? How do you do that? I th for me, it's a no-brainer because everything we do uh, needs to create value and we don't know if anything creates value if we don't include the citizens. So in every aspect of our innovation initiatives, we need to have the citizens because it's only them that can really help us to evaluate if it creates value or not. Mm. If it doesn't create value for the citizen, then we shouldn't do it, I think. Of course, yeah, Then because <laughs> then there is no point. Then there is no point. So. I mean, if we develop something for the schools, then we we involve the students and the teachers and the parents. If we are doing something for the nursing homes for the elderly, then we need to involve them. Um, so that's uh, truly important for all of this, these processes to have that collaboration. Yeah, and we hear a lot about creating value. So when you say value, what do you mean? Uh, for every initiative that we start, we put up uh, goals. Uh, when it comes to innovation, you don't know what you, you have to talk about potential of value because you don't know. You haven't tried it before. Yeah. You need to talk about potential of value. And you shouldn't go into initiative if you don't have some sort of an assumption of what that potential is. And um, and we need to uh, be transparent about that. Okay, if we do this initiative, we think that we will increase the um, the safety for our citizens. And that, of course, that could be something that we could measure uh, quantitatively. If we are, for example, we need to increase safety in a park, 
then we can we can measure how many people that will be in that park and that's a quantitative measure but we can also ask people how they feel about it before we did some sort of initiative and afterwards so it's both qualitative measures and quantitative measures um i i think that's um the most important thing in this innovation work is that we have an obligation to do good things uh, and and uh, we need to be transparent about that. Yeah, maybe many of people working in the municipalities and listening to, to this story and they're w wondering that what if we don't have the resources to start this innovation journey, like we don't have uh, enough money, big teams, uh, smart people, um, how do we start? I, I think that you should start small with the culture. And, and one thing that I think is truly important is that the leaders, when, when someone has the courage to go to their manager and say that I have an ID, I, I thought we sh I think we should work differently to don't, um, so to speak, yeah, yeah, don't measure what you think about the idea, instead measure the potential value of it. I think that's the first step, because today we're so quick saying that I don't like that idea. Yeah, we have tried it before. Uh, and instead, keep those thoughts to yourself <laughs> and think about, okay, if they are right, if this idea really works, what is the potential then? And uh, and just uh, encourage them to to dare and test and act. And that you can do in quite a small scale, I think. Mm. So like uh, step number one is just don't judge, uh, but yeah. be more open to, to the yeah. idea and explore the potential side yeah. of it. Yeah. So this, this is the, the, the first step for the municipalities to, to start the journey. Yeah. Yeah. So and, and another thing is, of course, also to really the why, the purpose of it all, um, because if, if people don't realize why we have to work differently uh, they they won't do that so we need to give them examples on why we have to do this uh, and those examples i think need to be really close to their groundwork so to speak um, and and that's the get, the way to get engagement from from everyone yeah so we talked about how uh municipalities can start the journey, how you as a Helsingborg municipality uh, collaborate with people. How is it with businesses? Are they open to, to, to invest in innovation together with the municipality? I really think so. Uh, I can see made uh, in the world right now. Um, and if we look at, uh, at Helsingborg, of course, H22 is a unique platform for us. Uh, we have about 70 partners at the moment, and they, they, all of them want to help us to solve the big challenges that the world are facing. Uh, but I can also see those tendencies outside of Helsingborg, um, where companies, big companies today, share data uh, that doesn't just help themselves, but also help, helps the society, for example. Um, so you can see examples of that everywhere, and, and that feels good, I think, because uh, everyone realizes that we need to do our share. Um, 
talking about uh, you mentioned in in your four points about uh, like how Helsinki get into this innovation journey. You mentioned that the people with innovation should make the decision, or yeah. at least take the lead. Yeah. Are we talking now about like flat organization, or or how how do you mean by this? I mean that if we are going to succeed with this, uh, we need to create a structure where the ones closest to uh, the work uh, are the ones who knows best about the needs. They they have to be able to take decisions uh, about the innovation. They have assumptions that we need to test. They can't go to uh, kind of a management asking, okay, I want to test this assumption that I have. Uh, they need to be able to take those decisions themselves. And of course, they can't do it without a structure. So what we are trying to create is that they, uh, um, they have an environment where they know that, okay, within this frame, I can take decisions and I can try out all the assumptions that I have. And if they work, we go further. If they don't work, we just shut it down. That's what we are trying to create. And that can be that person in the middle, that can be a social worker, or that could be someone working in preschool or caretake or, or whatever. Yeah. So to summarize, just leaving like how to say the freedom to them to decide or to make the decision because they are the closest one working with yeah. the with the with this project. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Lisa, as a, as a chief innovation advisor and head of innovation, uh, how do you imagine a smart city? Uh, for me, a smart city is a thoughtful city that listens to the citizens and is um, adoptable to change. Yeah, I, I mean, this has changed over the years. I mean, a couple of years ago, everyone was talking about that a smart city was a connected city that had a lot of data taking the decision. And for me, that's just the ecosystem around it. The main purpose of a smart city must be to, to be this thoughtful city that really listens uh, to the needs of the citizens and also is adoptable because the things change so quickly at the moment. So, so we need to also be uh, truly adoptable to change. Mm. So for you, the people is on the top of the prior list. Yeah, uh, yeah, the needs. Yeah. The needs of people, yeah. And what, what are the challenges that you're facing now in, in your innovation journey in Helsingborg? Um, I mean, it's a journey of change. <laughs> in, in all those kinds of journeys, uh, we have uh, obstacles and, and uh, we need to address them and, and embrace them. Um, and the obstacles is in people's minds, of course, uh, but it's also matter of legal matters and um, governmental matters and, and other things that kind of hinders innovation. Uh, but I like to see, see everything as possibilities. <laughs> and uh, we, we can't see them as only obstacles. We need to see them as an opportunity to change as well. Mm. Uh, and that's really what my job is about, to remove those obstacles um, along the way. Yeah, yeah. So if you, if you share with us, what are you working with now, like a project when you go to the, to the office? 
<laughs> it's so many things that <laughs> crazy. <laughs> uh, but I think one of the most important things that I'm working on is to address the city's challenge in a more transparent way. I think if we're going to succeed with this journey, we need to collaborate more, much more. Uh, and to be able to do that, we need to address our biggest challenges. Uh, and those challenges shouldn't be, so to speak, silo challenges, because we're really good at looking at our different um, administrations and looking at their problems and issues. But when it comes to innovation, you shouldn't take organizational structures in consideration at all. You need to look at the needs of, of, of the citizens and they truly doesn't care that we are nine administrations in, in the municipality. Yeah. Uh, and that is a journey, um, and that's that's something that we are working really hard with at the moment. Mm. But I imagine it's a lot of communication work in between, in order to get the administ administration to the innovation. There should be so much com communication within between the administration and with you. Uh, it's it's a <laughs> lot of communication. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. But, um... Yeah, it is maybe a bit more than I I to be. That, that's uh, that's also part of the journey when you work with change. Uh, you need to communicate. It's the people who is going to do it. So so communication is important. Yeah. Do, do you get this part of your football coaching within the innovation department? Y yeah. I think so because um, I, I normally I I'm, I'm <laughs> I say that the best leader course you could get is to be a football coach. When I have my 42 uh, players <laughs> with, with different personalities and backgrounds, uh, I I learn more handling them. And then I can do in any uh, management or leader course that I attend to. <laughs> well, so, uh, <laughs> I would say that's the best invested uh, time I could ever imagine. Uh, yeah, that's, that's that's really smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much, Lisa. It was very inspiring to talk to you. Thank you so much for giving your time to record this episode. Thank you. Thank so you now, for me. My pleasure. So if you if you take the time machine and you go back in time and you are allowed to change one thing in our cities, what will you change? Um, the most obvious thing that I guess uh, many people would say is that we have, when it comes to both cities and villages, we have kind of planned and created them around the cars. Yeah, and now we are facing the consequences of that. Um, yeah, so that's of course that's of course the most obvious answer I think. And then now we are moving ahead. We need to think differently in regards to that area. But I think one more internal question that I would like to address much more earlier is the processes that we have when we are doing city planning. Uh, it's quite silo-based, I think, um, and 
I'm I'm a tough person to have in, in, in that kind of project because I constantly ask the question, okay, are we doing this this way because of some legal reason or are we doing it like this because we have always done it like this? Uh, and the answer is quite often, okay, we have always done it like this. Uh, and I think we would benefit of uh, doing the whole process quite differently. Uh, and innovation is not only to, uh, to to create more digital solutions or technical solutions. Innovation is also about processes. Uh, and when we do city planning, we should collaborate much more. Uh, we should set more common goals on what we really want to achieve. Uh, together with the entrepreneurs, together um, with the different uh, administrations of the city and our companies and so on, and do it totally differently, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's uh, the responsibility of the municipality to in- initiate this innovation mindset? Because I'm working as an urban planner, yeah. and from my side, I cannot really affect the so much of the municipality work no i think i truly think that it's uh, up to everyone to act but i i can see your point <laughs> it's tough if the municipality doesn't is kind of a driver for this uh, and we're trying to look at those processes and and really uh, work differently in the future with the urban planning uh, because it is a collaboration project um, and we really need to see what needs are we trying to fulfill and together around those needs um, in a totally different way than we do today. Yeah. Um, I believe. So we are, perhaps we are the driver, but I think also it's uh, everyone's obligation to push. Yeah. That's amazing. I love it because also this podcast is from me as an urban planner to try to push people to think more uh, open and uh, innovative. So great words. And what if you go to the future and uh, you will add one thing to our cities, what will you add? I think it's the same thing that I said now, common goals. I think is important uh, uh, and aim high. Um, I don't think we aim high enough in our projects today. And if we're going to change things and truly change, uh, I mean, the climate issue is a major one. And if we really want to change, then we need to have much clearer goals and higher goals. Yeah. Why do you think we don't really aim high? I think we are trying to please everyone, and in, in, in when we are trying to please everyone, it's what we call in Swedish, Swedish it's melamjölk. <laughs> uh, so it's like uh, the result is like, yeah. So so so, and we doesn't we don't change anything when we create new areas. It's basically not that much better than the last one we made. Um, it's it's basically the same. We maybe make small changes, make it a little bit better, but not the big changes. Uh, and that's when we are trying to please everyone, I think. Mm. And sometimes you can't please everyone. Well, Lisa, with these powerful words, I would love to to 
to ask you, how would you like to summarize our talk, your reflections, and, and the three takeaway messages to all the listeners? Three takeaways from me is that as a personal level, I think everyone needs to take responsibility and act. You can do your share. Um, so on a personal level, act and take responsibility, not only for yourself, but for, for, for a change um, to happen in a broader perspective. Um, when it comes to leaders, I would say that lead by example uh, in this journey, because uh, people, they don't listen what you say, they, they see what you do. So lead by example. Uh, and when it comes to organizations, I would say aim high, set goals and aim high. If we're going to change things, we need to aim much higher. <laughs> so yeah. that's three things. Yeah, thank you so much. And I, I, I like that, that you address the points to different groups. Uh, wonderful. So I need also three hashtags from you to the episode. Uh, one is really tough, but necessary. <laughs> which, which one is it? That's uh, C-O-I-Y-S. C-O-Y-S. And that stands for come on you, Spurs. <laughs> okay. That's yeah. a new one for me. That's, that's great. <laughs> you, you can Google it. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will. Painful, but I really need to have it because I'm not happy today. Um, then secondly, I would like to have do good. Uh, I think everyone should try and do good. Of course. Yeah. And thirdly, of course, uh, age 22. I think it's a wonderful journey uh, we have at the moment, and I'm so happy to be a small part of it. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you so much. And uh, what is going to be your next step for you? Work-wise, uh, I will work with the challenges of the city. And uh, my goal is, uh, and the city's goal is to be transparent about those this fall. So that's top priority at the moment. Yeah. And how is it on the personal side and also on the football? <laughs> uh, on the personal side, I'm going to go and bake some cookies for Halloween now. Nice. Uh, scary cookies, hopefully. <laughs> uh, Football-wise, it's uh, I'm a bit sad. Uh, it's the Corona times, so uh, we had some tournaments coming up. I really understand why they have been uh, shut down. Uh, so now it's all about training, and and that's fun. That also, yeah. 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 Stay safe and thank you so much again, Lisa, for the very, very inspiring conversation. Thank you so much for having me. So thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica podcast season number two. I hope you enjoyed the episode, learned something new and got inspired by the guest. And also, please don't forget to share the episode with your friends, colleagues and people you think they're interested in Urbanistica topic. Follow on Instagram account. You will see the stories behind the scenes before and after every episode we record in the podcast. 
and also don't forget to subscribe the youtube channel to see the live talks and also to see the vlogs if you have any feedback or you want to suggest a new topic or nominate a new guest you can just reach out and write me you can find me everywhere instagram twitter facebook linkedin youtube and also my email so feel free to write me and share your thoughts with me thank you so much again for listening i am mustafa sharif keep up the good work keep loving cities